Traveler. We're live from the apocalypse. your Academy Age storyteller, Will, here, welcoming you back to a doozy of an Academy Age episode. If you saw the episode title, then you know that this is the start of a new arc, which means that everybody will be introducing themselves and the channel, so we're going to try to keep this extra short. First and foremost, I do just have to drop a quick reminder that we do record the show live on Twitch, which is where we do the majority of our charity fundraising every other Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, it's a recording day, and we would love to see your smiling face in chat over at twitch.tv slash live from the apocalypse. Second, we just announced a new show. It's called Horizons and Halcyons. It's a companion podcast to this one, and it's basically going to give us an opportunity to explore the multiverse or other parts of our Academy H setting. Kind of an across the H-verse, if you will. We'll be recording the first episode of that show, also live on Twitch, this Wednesday, November 15th, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I would highly encourage you to be there. The characters are amazing. The players are fantastic. It's going to be a very, very good time. And last, but could not be farther from least, this arc features our very good friend, Sydney Rubino, as Fractal. And if you've heard our other guest star episodes, then there should be no doubt in your mind that Sydney absolutely killed this. You can find her on social media at Sydney Rubino. She is very busy and very talented, so there are lots of opportunities for you to see her and other stuff. But we were lucky enough to get her for a whole arc. So without further ado, let's dive into Lock and Key, Part 1. Thanks so much for joining us. If you've not caught us before, we are live from the apocalypse. We are a not-for-profit TTRPG studio. We play games uh, to raise money for nonprofits and good organizations and progressive causes and good things like that. This is Academy H, our Masks Actual Play podcast. We've been playing it for a long time now. It's a a good time. It's a good game. And uh, with all of that being said, we're going to get into our introductions, I think. Hey everybody, I am Brendan. Uh, I am playing Alex Sandowski, aka Victory, using the Legacy playbook on this here game. When I am not doing that, I am also one of the Game Masters here on Live from the Apocalypse. And because of that, I am actually going to pass the mic off to whoever is next in line. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm a comedian based out of the Pacific Northwest. I play the role of uh, Danny Carseat, a.k.a. The Stage, a character who, if we're being completely honest, has gotten 100% away from me in ways that I do not understand him and potentially never will. (laughs) But he's here having fun. He's living. He's vibing. He's doing his best. I'm around. I'm funny. (laughs) I'm cute. I hurt myself at the gym today. How are you? God. Okay. Uh, hopefully, first of all, we are back on track and technology is not betraying me. But uh, anyways, I am JD. In this game, I play Casimir Bright, aka Spectral, 
who uses the Scion playbook. Uh, you can find me in a lot of things that happen with Live from the Apocalypse. Julia? Sorry, I'm bleeding. Hi, I'm Julia. I'm the local Delaware cryptid. Excellent. Uh, you can find me at Hexwood on all social media. In this game, I play Lyra Kroll, aka Bethel, which is the Janice playbook, which basically means all of her problems are of her own making. Uh, other than that, you can find me uh, just hanging out in the Discord for the most part. I'm pretty quiet with my activities right now, but I am there. And our very special guest, Sydney. Hello. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sydney Rubino. Um, my pronouns are she, her, as are the character that I'm playing today. And I don't want to say their name <laughs> because I want it to be a surprise. So you'll just have to wait until the middle of the episode to figure that out. But uh, you can find me everywhere at Sydney Rubino when I'm not here with these lovely people. So like, I don't know. Follow me if you'd like fun stuff. And uh, hello, uh, my name is Will. I'm one of the GMs and the organizers here at Live from the Apocalypse. That's it. I'm on social media, and that is the handle. It has been about 24 hours, and we find the squad in a room. A very plain metal room. There's only a table and chairs put around it. You might note that the table has bars across it, where you might attach the other end of a handcuff. But none of you are handcuffed. You are, however, in the Heraklion. You are within Inner Spec headquarters. You have been brought here shortly after the events that took place during your encounter with the Moral Majority and the loss, question mark, of your teammate Chase Boyd, aka Extra, to be debriefed by Micah Masterson. You've only been here for about 30 minutes or so. Danny, Victory, and Bethel, you came in together. Spectral, you were probably picked up just a little bit later and arrived a few minutes after everybody else was already placed into this room. But currently, you are alone. And, and we are all together. We're not in, like, separate interrogation rooms? Correct. I wish our friends would stop getting hurt and dying. Technically, Burke is not dead, and we don't know what happened to Chase. I guess the real chase is still out there somewhere. I hope so. I liked him. Um, would now be a bad time to mention that, uh, so I ran those weird guns that they had past Dr. V. Uh, he seems pretty positive that somehow these guys got their hands on alien tech. Oh, that's good counts as a bad time or a good time. I think you're going to have to repeat it when Masterson comes in. Which aliens? Did they I'm sorry, did they take my phone away or anything? They probably did not take your phone away, honestly. Honestly, I'll just keep texting Dr. V, just be like, does this uh, conform to the technology of any known species you've had interactions with? You can send the message, but I will say, even though they didn't take your phone away, you don't have a signal, at least not in this room. I assume my powers don't work as well, correct? Your powers work. I think, Danny, you've experienced in the past that you can't use your powers to get into the Heraklion. Mmm. Question. <laughs> you've not really experimented with trying your powers inside the Heraklion. Danny's going to try and open a portal to the lobby. 
yeah, I think it works. Vanish is going to poke his head through, see if it does. Uh, you poke your head through, and I think one of the attendees at the desk, the information desk in the Heraklion, will see you poke your head out and will just say to you, hey, stop it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Danny's going to, like, apologetically wave, uh, disappear back in, and then Nina is being held here, correct? Yes, though you don't know where. Okay. And I think at that moment, there is a very curt knock (laughs) on the door, but clearly just a formality because it opens as soon as the knock happens. And Micah Masterson steps in, all five foot ten inches of him, still got like that kind of douchey haircut, wearing the inner spec uniform. The jacket of it is unzipped, and he has two swords crossed over his back. (laughs) For now. (laughs) He's going to step in. He, He has a data tablet held in one hand. He looks down at the data tablet, looks up at all of you, and shakes his head and says, Why are you four always at the middle of everything? That feels really unfair. This is a big city. This is a big country. It sure is, and yet you keep ending up in front of me. Well, you're our supervisor. We we requested that. That's that's not related. It's true. You trained us. We can't be held responsible for that. Yeah. We filed for this. You're always going to see us. All of our actions reflect you. <laughs> Everything we've ever done. Fair. I agreed to this. I said, okay. I just want to say, Edgelord, I mean, um, Kevin Masterson, that, um, you know, maybe if you didn't want this kind of relationship, you shouldn't have been such a profound formative influence on all of us. It's Commander Masterson, but I will take Captain Masterson over the other name. (sighs) Fine, but again, we're not doing this on purpose. Also, I I know you have to, like, debrief us, but does it have to be in the hotbox here? Do you have, like, like, a lounge or something with, like, some donuts? Yeah, we do. You're welcome to it. This is intake. Uh, well, you know, warmer welcome than we got the last time, I suppose. Yeah, that, that doesn't feel much better, hearing it described as intake. Last time, you were being brought in to consult. This time, you're being debriefed. I, I know, and yet you would think that the you would be like, hey, we're being we're consulting and we're debriefing. Which one of these times involves a bunch of guns getting pointed at us? Like, if you were to, if you were to just take a shot in the dark, I have places I need to be. Yeah, thank you, Bethel. <laughs> so what happened? Oh, we starting at the beginning because I think technically the beginning was the coffee shop. Got reports about that. Do you need more information? You were there by chance? I was seeing a friend. Pretty big coincidence. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, This friend got a name. Do you need it? Wouldn't have asked if I didn't. I don't see how that's relevant. This friend didn't have anything to do with it. They were gone by the time those guys showed up. Okay. Have it your way. So the coffee shop happens. Yes. You get a new... a new buddy? 
the chase was assigned to us. We didn't pick him. Somebody else at the Brand Academy assigned him to our squad. It's a little unclear if that is because Danny was MIA for a few days with no indication that he was coming back or because of behind-the-scenes conversations about Kaz, but either way, he was assigned to us. We didn't seek him out. What was wrong with him? Kid bounced around a lot. Six different squads. I don't think there was anything wrong with him. He was just trying to find his place. That's what we're all trying to do. Not everyone's powers meshes with everyone else's. He needed to find some place where he could fit. He didn't do anything wrong. So you go through this building that is full of terrorists with guns. I think, yes, I think we should back up to one point. The terrorists with guns somehow found out who Kaz was. We still haven't been able to find out how they knew that. And there's a very small pool of people who know who Kaz is. Micah is going to nod when you say that, Bethel, and is going to say, and who's that? If you don't already know, then you're not in need to know. Let's get to the building. Men with guns, you break in, get everybody out fight them. Everybody gets out of it okay, except for this extra guy who just vanishes. Chase. He'll nod and say Chase. Except for Chase. And the terrorist calling all the shots. His gun shot him when we tried to get him to talk. When he was getting too close to revealing something about people who hired him. Guns, which are alien, incidentally, pretty sure, came alive and shot him. I I wish that there were more of them for you guys to take a look at, but once I realized that they were still a threat, I destroyed most of them. We got people looking at him now. Looks like they're Nesh tech. Nesh? A lot of it floating around even 15 years later. I'd say it's about... 60% of what we deal with to this day. He, um, Chase, he, uh, he shot off one of the weapons, the recoil, put him against the wall, um, with enough force that this piece of rebar in the building, the walls have been damaged. And, uh, we were trying to get him help, but then... Were you briefed on Chase's powers? I got the Academy files right here in front of me. He... It it looked like he died. But then he disappeared the way that one of his, his extras would. So I don't... I... Maybe that's just 
maybe, maybe because of his powers, that's just what happens to him. What would happen to him if he died? But I don't know. It seems too. I think he's still out there somewhere, but I don't know where he is. And if I can be completely honest, the fact that he got transferred to the team right at the same time that all of this goes down with the moral majority and somebody somebody leaking Kaz's identity, it all smells fishy to me. Yeah. Does not feel great. If it all seems kind of suspicious to you, I agree. I just don't think we have the answers you're looking for. I don't think this is about answers, Alex. I think this is about bureaucracy. Answers would be nice. Instead, I've got questions. He looks at Kaz. Kaz looks right back. All right. I'll go put this in. It shouldn't take long. Then you're good to go. Can we wait in the lounge? Yeah, donuts would be actually really good right now. Like, do you have like actually just like just an entire box? Actually, can I be? I I hate this. Like, can I have like a whole box of donuts? I'll send somebody to get you in a few minutes. Like, like two 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 boxes, one for me, one for the I'm squad. Actually, fine. You can have my share of donuts. I just want to sit in a chair that's not made of metal. They'll have donuts with them. Just can I take a look around? I wasn't here when everyone else was. Please don't. Please don't. I mean, technically speaking, your body was here, just not the parts of you that perceive things. I don't think that helps. Snaps his fingers and points and says, that's why you look familiar. I didn't recognize you with the the head. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so I don't know the layout of this place, but I sure would like to. Listen, I realize who I'm talking to, and I'm just going to ask you, please don't. Please don't. It'll be like a couple more minutes, and then you'll be free to go. Okay. Great. He was like mid-reaching over his shoulder, and then when you say, okay, he stops and was like, I was prepared to bargain, but I'm glad we don't have to. I have my sights on a bigger sword. You still can't get in the attic, Danny? I'm trying to get Excalibur now, I've decided. (laughs) Me and my friend Michael have an agreement that I will leave his sword in the attic alone. This whole game is just going to be like Danny hyperfixating on one new sword after another. Yes, please. <laughs> Danny, someone's using that sword. They can. <sighs> this just doesn't seem like a conversation I need to be here for, so I'm just going to go. <laughs> All right, bye. Have fun. Good to see you. Masterson leaves and closes the door. I did get to see Excalibur the other day. That was pretty cool. What was it like? Oh, yeah. I don't think we ever got the chance to talk about that. No, yeah. Uh, I met where it's from. I guess I'm... Can you meet a place? You can visit a place. Yeah, but the place kind of had a soul to it. I wish that I didn't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. I think it's nice that you know what I mean. A lot of people don't, so it's nice. Uh, It's just uh, the last place that I met left me feeling very uncomfortable about a lot of things. I haven't gone back. I probably should, but I just... You know... What if I didn't? Anyway, we 
had to go meet with Luminary and Nightfall the other day. That's where we were during the three o'clock meeting. Kaz, when we asked you if you were coming, we didn't know who all was invited. Which I discovered I don't like heights. I didn't know that before. In Bethel's defense, um, there was a, a real lack of, like, safety tape <laughs> markings. OSHA would have a field day with this place. I think heights are neat. I don't mind heights when I'm in the city and there's glass that I could, like, use to stop my fall. But, like, straight up over the ocean is awful. Not a fan. Don't recommend. But another news. Alex. Uh, well, so the purpose, the purpose of the meeting was because Luminary and Nightfall wanted to know about Dr. V. Dr. V, who's been running around. You know, I don't know if uh, Bethel knows this. Now, I don't. Did I tell you guys that he's from another universe? No, not not as such. Okay, he's from another universe. He's not actually my Dr. M. Dr. M, old man Dr. M is, well, they're old, they're both old men, I suppose, but, like, I don't know, Cranky? Cranky Dr. M? Don't know where he's at. He might be in the Victory Mindscape with the other guy. Again, there's so much there that I desperately need to follow up on, but I just do not have the energy to unpack right now. So this Dr. V, the one that arrested Nina, is from another universe. And he ended up here somehow also, I think, through the Victory Mindscape. Uh, I think I did that by accident, so I do apologize for that. Um, so obviously, him being a you know, brand new superhero running around, um, people had some questions about that. And they wanted to know if I thought that uh, you know this Dr. V was on the up and up. And then I thought that I answered about as honestly as I could, which is to say, I don't know. Maybe? Oh, they had a lot of questions about the whole victory method, the whole diet thing, you know, the exercise routine, the meditation, the book, the comic books... The whole franchise, the whole media empire, basically. Uh, oh, you know, I didn't tell them about the action figures. You know what? I think that's okay. No, you know what? I think that's fine. Honestly, Alex, and I mean this in the kindest way, you are really good at sharing a lot, and you have done a remarkable job today at having restraint. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. That's where we're at. I know you were not feeling the whole flying thing, but like, oh man, Bethel, I really appreciate you being there. Can you imagine how much worse that could have gone if you weren't there? You would still be there. How come they didn't text me? Yeah, speaking of texting you, how come you haven't answered any of my text messages? I was... You ever be stuck in time? You know what? <laughs> this might be a personal experience that not a lot of people have shared. Um... I got, uh, so I went to um, Avalon. Pennsylvania? Uh, uh, of myth? Oh. I guess it's not a myth. Uh, of legend. It might be in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I met, I met Nimue, and then also I had my soul broken up and turned into you guys, and... That was weird. And then I traveled through time and me and Michael became friends. And then I saw a war crime. And then 
I don't really want to say a bunch because now I'm worried about what effect it'll have on the time stream. But I will say that technically we are heroes to the original hero. So that's pretty cool. You you did a time travel? I did do a time travel. Technically, I, I think I am always doing time travel. It's just usually going in one direction at a pretty boring pace. Did it hurt? Not physically. It did hurt quite a bit emotionally. But I think that's just kind of part of living. And anyway, I'm back now. And it was nice to uh, see my friends. I know you guys weren't there, but you were there with me and it helped a lot. So I just want to say thank you. I'm glad we could be there for you, Danny. It was nice. At that moment, the lights go out. Red warning lights kick on, flashing slowly, and you hear an alarm sounding somewhere beyond this room. You also hear a series of heavy, resounding clicks as the door to the room seals itself. If this is a joke, Masterson's really not funny. No, this seems bad. This this seems bad. Danny already opens a portal to the outside the door. Danny, you can open a portal out into the hallway. You can step through your portal. We'll say that for now it's still open behind you. The rest of you would hear an intercom in the room kick on, and you would recognize Masterson's voice. He sounds panicked, which is not something you've ever heard him sound before. He sounds very fraught, and he says, We are dealing with an emergency situation throughout the entire building. Stay put. I mean it. Stay put. Tell us what's going on if you want us to do that. (laughs) Message clicks off. We're not doing that. Nope. So where where does Danny pop out? It sounded like right outside the door. Yeah? Yeah, that was where I said it. So you're kind of in a short hallway of these same types of rooms, presumably. But the doors are all closed and also presumably now locked the same way yours was. The lights are out out here also. You just have those sort of red security lights going overhead, flashing slowly. Well, then he's outside the door. Can you just unlock it? It is not like a turnkey door. Oh. Okay. It is, yeah, it's okay, fancy. Fine. What kind of locking mechanism is it? Go through my portal, Brendan. I don't know. Do you, do you want to try to figure that out? Sure. Do you want to spend a bunch of time to try to figure out? There's a portal. I didn't close the portal. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Okay. All right. Never mind. Don't mind me. I'm overcomplicating things as usual. I, I, I feel like, yes, everyone else ducks through the portal and then Alex doesn't come with and you don't know why. And you peek back through the portal and Alex is just over at the door trying to like suss out how the door works and like what cunning plan of escape he's going to use. Lara just like leans back into the room and she's like, Alex. What? Huh? <laughs> Oh, oh, no, yes, no, that right. That makes so much more sense. I will say Kaz has not left the room. Um, So as the rest of you were stepping out, he did not immediately follow. And I think that's one of the things that I had a question about was, given all the everything that's been going on with Kaz, I think uh, after Alex comes out, Lyra's going to, still standing in the portal, say, you don't have to do anything you're not comfortable doing. Do you want to stay here? No, I mean, of course I don't want to stay here. I also don't want to get expelled because 
I don't stay here, but if all of you are going, I'm I'm going with you. Hey, if you get expelled, we all get expelled, and then, well, I don't know. We'll just go get an apartment and be everyone's problem. Let's go. <laughs> and Kaz follows out. <laughs> you step through Danny Carseed's portal out into that same sort of hallway that's just lined with heavy metal doors that presumably are all sealed. And you can see that they're labeled. They have panels on them. Intake one, intake two, that kind of thing. This hallway similarly terminates in a couple of double metal doors that are similarly closed and presumably sealed. Will, you said we don't have like service to like call or text out, but do we still have Magil? You do. I think I would like to ask my Magil if she can tell where people are being concentrated. Like where everyone is going. I can do a great many things, Bethel. I am not permitted to hack into interspec systems. Noted. Just tell her you have like a gymnastics class in there or something. And she has to like figure it out so that she can put it on your schedule. She's not stupid. She can hear you. Bethel would never lie to me. In some ways, I'm the only one who truly knows her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess the question is, do we just uh, move down out of the hallway or do we try to like check the other rooms first? If this is other intake rooms, I'm not going to presume that whoever else is any of these intake rooms is like not problematic. Just because, uh, you know, we're getting into the territory where this is where I feel like a hypocrite again. I was going to say, we're being a little problematic right now by doing what we're I doing. I know. I know. As I said it, I heard it out loud and I realized. I think you're just like my, like, you know, inner video game player kicking in, right? It's like, I, I, I want to clear the rooms, you know? Will, did the doors have windows? The one at the end of the hallway, the two doors that have closed, have like one of those sort of mesh glass windows where you can kind of see through it, but it's a little bit distorted. It's a little bit blocked. If you try to peer through it, you can see more red light on the other side. I think you can also see people passing by quickly, like running. Like, oh, so they're all, like, it's not just one direction that they're all. Correct. Yeah. I just need to know what's going on. I can't just stand still if I don't know what's going on. Ethel, I I mean, I know we should have talked about this before we left the room, but to the point you made earlier, this is seeming pretty fucking suspicious, too. Like, we had the coffee shop incident. We had the newspaper incident. Now we're here and shit goes down. I'm just noticing a pattern. All three of your magils, since Danny hasn't downloaded her and never will, <laughs> probably all <laughs> kick on at the same time and say in unison, An alert has been What kind of alert? The Heraklion is in lockdown. The labyrinth has been breached. Oh, shit. Well, that doesn't sound amazing. Oh, shit. Danny's going to get a far-off look in his eye and just whisper to himself, Minotaur. No. No, Danny. <laughs> I know. This, I know how to this, get there. This I know how bad. to get there. This, this is really bad. 
I know, I know how to get there. I've gone down there. Masters has I, taken me I down there. I don't know that I want to go down there, Bethel. We can't let whoever's in there out. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like they're on their way out, whether we want them to be or not. We can't, we can't, we can't. Bethel, there's four of us. There's four of us and however many people are in this building and all of them are going to be going there to try to stop whoever is getting out. And I... Tell me what to do, team leader. Bethel, and he will not put his hand on Bethel's shoulder, but he will kind of hover it over her shoulder. You're like, remember we talked about. You can do this. Less than 24 hours ago, I told Luminary that something was wrong with Nina getting into the labyrinth because she wasn't upset that she was there. And I meant to ask you, and I never got the chance to ask you, but how did this Dr. M find her and catch her when Luminary wasn't able to find her and catch her? And I told them that it wasn't right. And I have to get down there. And you guys don't have to come with me, but I'm going down there. No, I mean, I'm going with you. You're our leader, Bethel. We elected you. Danny, we're going to need to get out of this hallway, please. Danny will make a portal that opens on the other end of the locked doors with the mesh window. Danny, you create a portal. But before any of you can go through it, everything around you goes dark. Not in the same way that it did when the lights went out. It just goes pitch black for a brief second. It's like you blink, you close your eyes. And when the lights come back on, you're not in that hallway anymore. You're in a room that none of you have ever seen before. And there's someone in this room, similarly, that none of you have ever seen before. The room itself is very clearly a cell. There's a small, fairly uncomfortable-looking bed. All of the amenities that a person might need are located within this room. There's a locked door with heavy security. But there are also personal touches into this room. Sydney, would you like to describe your character? (laughs) So, in the corner, not on the bed, but on the ground, you'll probably see that there's, like, with whatever she could scrounge up, there is, like, certain pictures etched into the wall, like little art pieces of people and things and imaginary circumstances and superheroes. And on the ground... With her head in her hands, kind of in a ball, you'll see a medium-framed 18-year-old girl with incredibly long hair that almost covers her entire body and drapes along the floor. She's rocking back and forth, and out of the entire room, that's the only corner that you see that has anything in it. And as she rocks back and forth, she quickly looks up to you when you enter the room. Who are you? I'm Danny. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Alex. I mean, uh, 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 Victory. Who are you? Who are the rest of you? I'm Spectral. Bethel. I'm Fractal. Hi. How did you get in here? That's a great question. Don't know. I don't think I did this. 
Are you here to get me out? Maybe. Bethel just doesn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone really dark. And the lights are red. Why are they red? A minotaur is getting loose. Danny, no. We don't... We don't... A minotaur? Did you say a minotaur? Is there actually a minotaur down here? They keep telling me there isn't, but we don't know that for sure. I mean, if we're being totally honest, one of these supervillains probably has, like, horns and a bull's head, right? Maybe not say that... Maybe not that that descriptor. Right now. Alex. You don't look like... You work for Interspec. We don't. A cab. We just happen to be here. So you are a group of kids who so happen to enter into my cell and you don't work for Interspec and you're not also from the labyrinth. So where are you from? Uh, Poland originally? Uh, generationally? Um. We're from the Brandt Academy. Oh. I heard that was a school. It is. Uh, I don't take a lot of classes there, but it is a school. <laughs> we're in a work-study program. We're, we're technically aged out of most of the classes. Oh. So you must be my age, then. I guess that depends how old you are. I actually don't know. How long have you been here, Fractal? She's going to look around to see if she kept track at all. You see, there's been some areas of the wall that have been buffed out or like tried to be buffed out. You can see that at one point the room probably had more art around it that's been painted over over the years by a thin, cheap coat of white paint. But the only thing that, of course, is uncovered is that corner that she just keeps etching the same things over and over again and she's gonna look around the room she's gonna get up very slowly very gingerly you can see that she's not in the best of health she like walks around and like looks if she can see through the paint on the walls you know to be completely honest with you I think at some point I stopped keeping track um mm-hmm. what are what are these drawings of exactly you said they're like fantastical kind of creatures. Is there like a reoccurring particular motif? Yes. Kind of. You see, there's one person that she keeps drawing over and over and over again. I don't know if they would be familiar to you because she's not a very good artist. <laughs> she likes drawing. She's not very good. <laughs> she keeps drawing the same character over and over again, and they look like a superhero but you're not sure who or what it could be. Probably just a figment of her imagination at this point. Other than that, the imagery that you'll see is like dancing people and music, just random, random figures. Like she's basically created like her own community in her room. I mean, I think Lyra will kind of step closer to one of the 
pictures and she won't touch it, but she will like lift her hand like towards it to indicate the figure and she asks who who that is. Um I don't really know their name. I guess they're just someone who I um talk to a lot. Well mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> uh can I pierce the mask? So I can try in my in 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 Lyra's infinite paranoia, uh, I think I just want to kind of get the gauge of if this kind of like, how much of this is genuine. Uh, roll with mundane. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm just paranoid. How dare you be paranoid in this random human cell? <laughs> listen, listen. Are you uncomfortable in this deeply uncomfortable situation? <laughs> Lyra's paranoid about everything. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That is a 10. So, pierce the mask. Three questions. I guess, what are you really planning in kind of the context of, is she really that surprised that we randomly showed up here? Or is this something like, is she, like, is she actually surprised that some random people showed up during this breach? Leave that up to you, Sydney. I'd say half and half. She's half surprised you're there. She's half surprised you're there. But part of her kind of understands that she asked for something, and she got it. So, so kind of like, she was expecting someone, she just didn't know who. Yeah. Okay. I think Kaz is going to then take a moment. He's just been studying Fractal, but when she says that she talks to someone who only she can see, I think Kaz does go over and say there's also someone in my life that only I can see and talk to. What's your person's name? Oh. Well, that's nice. Um, they really don't give me a name to be honest with you. But they call me child. That's all I know. A totally normal thing to call someone. A hundred percent. I... (laughs) Lyra has not seen Crossroads since the first time they fought with Crossroads. So I don't think she knows about the fact that they're, like, traipsing around pretending to be, like, a businessman now in their little suit. But given that it seems like you were expecting somebody, but not necessarily us, I think Lyra will do her best to describe crossroads to see if maybe that is the person who Fractal is talking to. And if I remember correctly, he's is he purple? Am I just imagining that? He has been purple. He doesn't always look the same is the problem. Okay. He has been purple. He has had horns. He has been wearing a suit sometimes. He was also wearing a a nightgown one time. I do remember that in his little cap. Yep. (laughs) What? So I guess I will describe him as I remember him in that fight, which I think he was winged at that point and horned. Crossroads. We've had a couple of run-ins with him, and he says... He seems like the type to say shit like that, honestly. Uh, Okay. Who? (laughs) He's... 
what is your relationship with this person, and what does it have to do with me? Uh, well, he talks to a lot of people, just making sure maybe it's something we have in common. Oh. Okay. Um, you see Fractal kind of racking her brain furiously, trying to remember every detail, and you, um... (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking real hard. (laughs) Don't think too hard. Uh, you know, I... I don't know if I know anybody like that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know a lot of people. That, that's okay. That's, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fine. I was Same. just seeing maybe something we had in common. He's been coming up a lot, is all. While this is happening, um, Alex is going to try to take a look around with his, his x-ray vision. Sort of the dual goal is to see outside the walls of the cell to see, like, what the situation is. Uh, and also, like, yeah, maybe, like, see underneath some of the layers of paint and buffing to try and maybe get a look at some of the other pictures. Interesting. I dig it. <laughs> Extremely cool. You can roll to unleash your powers. Roll with Freak. And... Well, I got a potential. Oh, fun. Fun. Hmm. Mark a potential. Interesting thing. Your victory senses. They work on things in the room. They do not work beyond the room. And that seems to include the walls themselves. You can't see through the walls, even the first layer of paint. Goddamn that lead paint. Did they use lead paint? That's so un- I told you, OSHA. Oh my gosh, these places are an OSHA nightmare. Now you know why she looks kind of ill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we got to get you out of here. A funny thing does happen, though, Alex, and you're not sure. For a second, you have a moment where you're like, wait, did I do that? Because the locks in the door trip and it swings open. Did you do that? You know, as much as I want to take credit for it, no, no, that weren't me. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna cat's claws out. (laughs) Just cat's claws up. (laughs) The door swings open and there are bricks on the other side of it. But a second later, the bricks start to separate and slide apart and create a hallway. You watch this hallway basically create itself and then it turns a corner creates this straight shot that turns to the right that's why it's called the labyrinth (laughs) um you're gonna see uh fractal get up very like cautiously and and kind of stumble towards the door i don't know if any of you are in front of the door she will stumble through you and just stand in the doorway and stare down the hallway we could have stayed exactly where we were. And we were probably always going to end up down here. Starting to feel that way. A lot of coincidences in the last 24 hours. It's not even 24 hours at this point. So what do we do, Bethel? (sighs) The only way out is through. 
We can't stay here. Through it in. Follow the yellow brick road. Bricks were red. Danny, did you have the Wizard of Oz where you were from? There were so many people with superpowers. I don't remember meeting him if he was there, but... <laughs> okay. I knew a lot of wizards. <laughs> you can't expect me to remember each and every one. Before we go, Lyra wants to step up beside Fractal and kind of like wrap her hand, like not tight, like grabbing, but like gently like around her arm near her elbow. And I want to use one of my other holds, which is how could I get your character to? And I think what I want to do is uh, I want to say, how do I get your character to just be chill about all this. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Lyra is not under any implication. She's not under any kind of a delusional point that she could just basically be like, oh, back in you go. She's not, she doesn't believe that she could force her to go back into that room. But she also, like, she doesn't want to fight this strange person in this unfamiliar uh, basement. So it's like, how about we just, we're just gonna not ask questions. We're going to all go together. See what happens. And so I want to, how can I get your character to just, just work with us a little bit? We'll <laughs> figure it out as we go. Well, first of all, as you touch her, she immediately tenses up and just stares at you like she's never been touched in her entire life. Oh, okay. Yeah, Lyra will, Lyra can read that body language pretty pretty easily. She takes her hand off. And then Fractal takes your hand back. <laughs> okay, um, uh, gonna declaw the one hand. So the, the glass the glass claws retract down back into just rings <laughs> around her fingers and she just kind of like loop her arm kind of around yours. Um, you would know from that that apparently unbeknownst to her her love language is physical touch so congratulations <laughs> you stumbled onto that we're all learning Incredible. we're all learning things about her so I'm afraid of heights your love language is touch we're just all we're just all learning um she's going to look at you and immediately blush and look away and stare down the hallway and go you know what you're doing, right? They seem to think you know what you're doing. Alex just flashes you the V sign. <laughs> I, yeah. And we're not staying here, so. If something happens while we're out there, how about you let us try to handle it first? Oh, I plan on it. Okay. I will say before Kaz leaves, he takes a moment to snap a couple pictures of the etchings on the walls. Okay. Danny, where's your where's your mind at? How you doing with all this? <laughs> Danny trusts. I get it. <laughs> Danny trusts until given a reason not to, so all of this is fine until it isn't. That makes sense. The five of you step foot out into that hallway that just sort of created itself before your very eyes. And as you do so, you hear a voice echoing throughout it. 
You don't see any kind of PA system or anything like that, but this is an audible voice that you can all hear. You know, it's not in your minds or anything like that. It is deep and it is distorted electronically. It almost sounds like Magil, except it is almost ominous. And it says, Prisoners of the Labyrinth, this is the Minotaur. Your freedom is at hand. You need only to take it. Um, Danny, like, does a little fist bump to himself. (laughs) I mean, like I said, odds were good. Good job, Danny. Excellent recall of Greek mythology. Um, (laughs) You know what? If Avalon's going to be real, why can't the other legends, you know? A hundred percent valid. Good and valid points. Um, there are a lot of people in here who could very easily kill us. So just be ready for that. When you say kill us, you mean, you mean literally? If they feel so inclined. Oh, I thought you meant like they would be mad at us for leaving, but... Mm, So here's the thing. The people who would be mad at us for leaving actually probably wouldn't kill us. The other people trapped down here in the underground prison system might want to. There's no might. Well, there is a might because... They don't know who we are. They don't have any beef with us. It's just a matter of how many of these people are down here because they kill for a reason versus how many people are down here because they kill for blood sport. So we only have to worry about the blood sport people. That might be true for you. That might not be true for me. I mean, I'll fight him. Lyra is going to put her hood up. She's going to take her mask off and she's going to give it to Cass. Cass <laughs> does not initially seem to know what to do with that. And his initial reaction is, no, Bethel, you, you need that. There's only one person, two people down here technically who know who I am. And hopefully we won't run into one of them. And the other one is Alex. So just put it on, please. Okay. Danny is going to hand Bethel a pair of sunglasses from his vest, or from his uh, overalls. And Kaz will put on Bethel's mask. Alex is just standing at the back of the group, arms crossed, like, <laughs> smash cut to, like, his conspiracy board, the picture of the cheerleading squad with, like, like Lyra's face X'd out, the list of possible suspects with uh, Lyra's name crossed out. He's just like, Bitch. Fractal's gonna go, you need a disguise? Looks down at her outfit that has nothing on it except for basically inmates' clothes. And she goes, you can have my shirt. And she starts to take off her shirt. <laughs> no, 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 hey, that's, that's cool. It's cool. It's fine. It's cool. It's fine. There's another shirt under my shirt. It's okay. Um, that That was very kind of you. Uh-huh. She gets kind of like, turns into herself and kind of starts like mumbling. She starts walking forward and you see her very long hair trailing on the ground behind her. And it's the only thing about her that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lyra's just gonna 
like not knowing what to do with herself right now. She just kind of like bends over and picks up a handful of it and just follows with most of so it's not dragging. She's just kind of like she doesn't she doesn't want to acknowledge Alex right now. <laughs> She's just like, no, Alex is like pointedly not looking at Lyra. Like pointedly avoiding looking directly at Lyra if at all possible. In fact, he kind of like awkwardly shuffles past Lyra to kind of like shadow fractal uh, pointedly also like, but his, like his feet aren't actually touching the ground. They're like touching a little telekinetic barrier right above the ground just so he doesn't like walk on fractal's hair. Just so he's then in front of Lyra and does not have to look at her. Yep. I'm just gonna not, not address it. I'm going to say I noticed that um, and turn to either either of the other two members that are not involved in this and address them as as she's walking. Like, is are they are they dating? Like, What's going on? No, no, they're they're not dating. I'm not quite sure what's happening right now, but I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's the finest thing that is happening at this exact moment. You know, I might not be very good at other human beings, but that sounds like a lie. The fact that it is the finest thing that is happening in this given moment is definitely not a lie. That is definitely the truth. I like that we made a new friend. Another truth. If you are walking down the path that the labyrinth has created for you, you eventually come to that turn. If you take that it similarly continues to unfold in front of you. There are a lot of twists and turns. It's not taking you on a direct path, and it only ever seems to offer you one option. Until, after you've been walking for a few minutes, and it's utterly impossible for you to even think about retracing your steps at this point, you couldn't get back to Fractal's cell even if you wanted to, you start to feel a chill. It starts to feel cold, physically. And for the first time since you started walking through the labyrinth, you're faced with a choice. You could go left, or you could go straight. Looking to the left, you can see a hallway that terminates in a door, similar to the door on Fractal's cell. Except... The inside of that cell, because the door is open, the inside of that cell is frigid. That cold air that you can feel is emanating from it, just washing out across everything. So that's a that's a dead end, right? We can go the other way. We cannot. I don't. Yeah. Or we're supposed to think it's a dead end, but it's the way to go. Um... It seems really cold over there. I don't have any shoes. Let's go the other direction. Yeah, sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once again, my leftist ways <laughs> are being put out by others. <laughs> <laughs> Democratic system, you're outvoted. <laughs> All right, well, Danny will go with whatever the group votes. True socialist, Danny Carson. <laughs> <laughs> if you are leaving that room with the open door behind... You're moving straight, continuing to walk along the path as it unfolds for you. And it isn't terribly long beyond that before you see this time as it unfolds. It does so into a much larger room. 
This one is open. There is no door that you can see. It doesn't appear to be a cell. Beyond it, you can see tables and chairs. It almost does look like a lounge of some sort. Or like a dining hall or something similar. Maybe even a cafeteria. Except as you stand there, you see a body go flying past and you hear it hit the wall with a crunch. You can hear more sounds of violence coming from the room. What do you do? I mean, I'll fight it. I think we need to save those people. Yeah, the person who went flying past, did it look like another inmate? Did it look like uh, an like? There was no way for you to tell. All you saw was a figure. You see Fractal immediately just, like, cover her eyes as this is the first time she's seen violence. And she stops dead in her tracks and refuses to move her hands from her eyes. I think Lyra, like, encourage even, she doesn't try to make her take her hands off her eyes, but she does, like, push her back so she feels that she's, like, her back's against the wall and tells her to, like, sit down there. Like, it's a little bit more defensible up against the wall. She's not, like, (laughs) in case anything were to come barreling directly down the hall. Kaz goes over to Fractal and says, Fractal, this is completely your choice, but I could put up a barrier around you. And at that point, Kaz activates his magic. And as the blue magic swirls around him, pieces of bone float into it. And he kind of demonstrates bringing those pieces of bone together to more or less create a cocoon around you. (gasps) Wow. You have magic? I do. That's so cool. She gets really excited. And then can she see through it at you? Yeah, you can still see Kaz. Cool. Can I stay back here until it's safe? Of course. I I would let you stay here and put up that barrier around you in case anything tried to come down this hallway. Okay. You be safe. We will be. We always are. That also sounds like a lie. I know it does. And so with Fractal's permission, Kaz will build that bone cocoon around her. You can do that. If it comes into play, you will have to roll for it. But you can absolutely do that for now. So, who's going into the room? Okay. I saw Spectral's (laughs) hand first. So, Spectral... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'll say that you put this bone cocoon around Fractal, and then you step into the room, and now that you have a clear view of things, you can see that your assessment was right. This is basically a lounge area, or a cafeteria. Probably both, it looks like. Except a lot of the tables and the chairs on one end of it have been completely strewn around, thrown to the side. Looking to one side, following the trajectory of that body you saw go flying past, you see the crumpled form of an inner spec agent, somebody who is wearing the uniform of a specter, just kind of crumpled against the wall. You can see a few others, two more, similarly dressed, wearing what looks like high-tech riot gear, 
over their uniforms, standing about 10 feet apart, each of them holding a strange-looking gun, except that they are not shooting bullets. They appear to have shot wires of some kind. And the ends of those wires are wrapped around the forearms of this hulking figure. They are wearing the prison clothes that Fractal wears, except their uniform, which is just kind of this off-white eggshell kind of color, is kind of straining to contain their musculature. They're maybe seven feet tall, maybe under seven feet tall, just barely. They have this wild mop of stark white hair, this kind of similarly crazy beard, and their skin is an icy blue color that glitters. And you can see those cables that are wrapped around their forearms are coursing with electricity that dances over the wires and goes into their body, and they're kind of convulsing for a second. But then they seem to rally themselves with a great cry, this great roar. They wrap their fists around the cables, even though they're still being electrocuted, and they yank on them. They pull the agents off of their feet, catch them, one in each hand, and just kind of slam their heads together. They fall to the ground, not moving. Panting, this figure starts looking around the room, and his gaze, these stark white eyes, fall on you and the rest of the squad. He looks you up and down, and he says, Those aren't prison clothes, brother. Gross. <laughs> brother. Is Fractal saying this from the hallway? <laughs> I am the cocoon. <laughs> can I still hear what's happening? Yeah, I mean, you can hear, you can hear this person talking. <laughs> okay. I don't say that out loud. That was just me and Sydney going, <laughs> but... <laughs> Brother. I was about to be like, get back in your cocoon. <laughs> I made that just for you, Fractal. <laughs> he continues talking and he kind of points at you now, Spectral. Just points directly at you. Says, I may not understand what's going on here, but I know heroes when I see them. Spectral, who looks like he's having a bit of a crisis, like given everything that he's experienced in the past few days, and now a supervillain is looking at him and calling him a hero, uh, that's a bit to process. He is going to start moving towards you, and as he does so, he says, See, I know why you're here. You're to shut this all down before it even takes off, but the thing you don't understand is that you're in Icebreaker's house now, brother. Kaz, watch out, or his pythons are going to run up on you. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Kaz cannot fully take that seriously, and there is definitely a moment where, despite the absolute terror he is feeling and the seriousness of the situation, he almost laughs. We'll see how you laugh when all your teeth are broken. And he's going to lunge to grab you. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I would like for that not to happen. Fair. Uh, what are you going to do about it? 
I would like to uh, I would like to dodge and I would like to unleash my powers and uh, go back to some leg breaking behavior. Interesting, interesting. Okay, you can't do both. You can try to uh, if you want to directly engage with him. You can maybe do both if you roll well enough. But if you want to get out of the way, that's one thing. And if you want to unleash your powers, that's another thing. You don't have the time or the concentration to do both, especially not while you're maintaining the bone cocoon around Fractal. That's fair. I'm going to go with unleashing my powers in that case. All right, perfect. Roll with Freak and let me know what you want to do. I would like to do nothing. I would like to do absolutely nothing. You'd like to mark a potential, I bet. I I do get to mark a potential because, yeah, that uh, I'm already at a minus two to engage and I rolled a one and a two. So that is not great. Would it be possible for Alex to try and insert himself between Kaz and Icebreaker? As is tradition. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's our signature move. You'd like to use your powers to try to get in front of Icebreaker's punch or whatever he's about to do, then you can absolutely do that. You're going to roll to defend. So roll with savior. Okay, that's an 11. Perfect. So you can absolutely defend Kaz, which means that... Uh, yeah, so so when I keep them safe and I choose one. And you can add a team to the pool, take influence over Kaz, or clear a condition. Uh, since I do... Since I do have those two conditions, I am going to clear one of them. I'm going to go ahead and clear guilty. Yeah, so clearing guilty and Alex jumps in right as Icebreaker is uh, is uh, peeling back. Suddenly, Alex appears in front of him, dropping down from the ceiling, just shouting, Oh, no! <laughs> All right. So you, you interpose yourself. He cannot, like, arrest his momentum. So he is going to basically barrel right into you, and he's going to put his hand directly on your face and kind of try to shove you down to the ground. You were going to take a powerful blow that was meant for Kaz. So roll uh, 2d6 plus conditions marked. And you want to fail this. Uh, do I get to use my legacy move, never give up, never surrender? You certainly can. You will just have to remind me what it does. Uh, I roll. I basically roll in place of take a powerful right. blow. Yes. So, well, so it says if I take a powerful blow from someone with far greater power than me. That is a uh, that is getting tricky it, it because does, victory has become is, very powerful. I, yeah, I did. I did. I did get a boost recently. So I don't know. Does this count? Uh, is, is Icebreaker still much more powerful than me? I'm going to say he is not. I'm going to say right, that okay. you could go toe-to-toe with this guy, probably. Okay. I will, you know, then in that case, you know, I'll take that for the compliment that it is, and I will just take a powerful blow. Uh, and, you know, uh, I didn't fail it, so I choose why well, a 10, so I choose one. Uh, 10 is bad. 10 is the worst you can roll. Yeah, Ted is quite bad, actually. You must remove yourself from the situation. So you must lose control of yourself where your power is in a terrible way, or two options from the lesser list. Ugh. Oof. Yeah, that's a rough one, buddy. All right. Ugh, two of them. Oh, 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 no. Okay. I mean, you can remove yourself from the situation, or you can lose control of yourself or your powers in a terrible way. I'm. I am now gonna. 
Okay, I'm gonna struggle past the pain. Uh, mark two conditions. Insecure and afraid. He is pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think maybe Alex was a little bit overconfident in his ability to take that hit. And uh, yeah, I'm just taking two options from the lesser list. So my other option is to uh, lash out at someone who I've influence over and to provoke them to foolhardy action. And I think how that manifests is that Alex actually just shouts out, Lyra, a little help. <laughs> and I think in the context of use the shock of maybe him using her name, maybe the catalyst for foolhardy action. So spicy. Oh my God. So much is happening. It's very fair considering that's what I did to you 24 hours. <laughs> Not even a dig. You know, it's I, I would say that was intentional, but I actually legitimately forgot that that was a thing. <laughs> I, I am so used to us having to go back and re-record uh, a line because we accidentally say Lyra's name that I was like, oh, we'll have to re- re-record that. And then I realized you were doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. <laughs> wild. Okay. He is going to basically, as he gets up in your face, as he tries to get up in Kaz's face, Alex, you interpose yourself and he puts his giant hand directly onto your face and he fully just shoves you down to the ground the tile under your back cracks with the force of it and he is going to start to like squeeze your head as he does so and you can feel you are losing feeling like frostbite is spreading over your body from your head down as he does so and he says I got you for the rest of your natural born life hero which ain't much longer. If you'd like to keep up with us and what we're up to, you can follow us on Twitter at Live from the Apoc, Instagram and TikTok at Live from the Apocalypse, Blue Sky at Live from the Apocalypse.com, or join our Discord community, which will be linked in the description down below. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, feel free to give us a good rating and follow the show on your podcatcher of choice. Leave a review if you're so inclined. It really does help us out so much. The donation link to our current charity fundraising campaign can also be found in the description if you'd like to help us support worthy causes. Join us for the live recordings of Academy H every other Sunday or any of our many other ongoing live streamed campaigns that happen throughout the week over at twitch.tv slash live from the apocalypse. For all this information and more, check out livefromtheapocalypse.com. As always, nothing we do would be possible without your support, and we appreciate you so, so much. Until next time. Academy H is edited by Will Malkus, with music and sound effects from Epidemic Sound, Dark Fantasy Studios, and Krotos Sound. Character art by at Draws on Twitter and Instagram.
out of curiosity, the crunch that we heard was like a crunch of brickwork, or was it a crunch of you know uh, people? It bits? was the crunch of a body hitting a wall. Let the bodies hit the wall. Let the bodies hit the wall. It's a. It's like a vague like ooh ah, ah, sound. <laughs> 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 oh. Dun, dun.